Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode, an exciting episode of the Teamwork A Better Way podcast. I'm Christian Napier, joined as always by the man in lavender today, uh, Spencer Horn. Spencer, how are you? Man, good, Christian. Every day I get to be with you and see you is a great day. Well, that's very kind of you to say. I will say it's a chilly day. I don't know oh if you gosh. guys know where you are. We have a couple of inches. I'm, I'm assuming our guest had a few more than Oh, yeah. Week, well, he lives up in Park City. Do, so it's a they, cold, chilly April morning. Yeah. No, I went for a bike ride this morning out on the... Uh, I, I couldn't go on the trail, so I rode on the on the road. And it, so those of you who are in, you know abroad, it was, what, minus 3 or 20, 28 degrees when I went out uh, pretty late this morning. So... It was cold coming down that hill fast. Oof. I can imagine. I can imagine. Well, we don't have a lot of time. We need to get right into it. Yeah. We have a fantastic guest for us, for our, our listeners and our viewers today. So, Spencer, why don't you go ahead and introduce Bill to everyone? Yes, I'm so excited to introduce Bill, who, who I, I've actually known here for a couple of years. We have served together on the uh, national, uh, not the national, but the the National Speakers Association Mountain West chapter board together. He is a public speaker, but it, really so that he can get the word out about what his passion and expertise is, and that is recruiting. He's actually known as the recruiting guy, and he's got forty years of of experience. Am I overstating that, Bill? Forty years? Because I see a profile that says thirty eight or thirty seven, but I think it's about forty. Yeah, I'm over 40 now, so that's exciting. Oh, see, that's that's what I thought. It's, that is exciting, and he's got 20 years of 25 years of transition coaching to help people really improve their retention efforts. So organizations to improve because that is a hot topic right now, which we'll get into with the with the great resignation. How do we keep our good people? Not only attract them, but but keep them. But he is a twice published author of Employee 5.0 Secrets of, of a Successful Job Search in the New World Order. Sounds fascinating. And The Recruiter Guy's Guide to Finding a Job. And he's also under contract to write a whole series over the next two years of, I think, four more books. Is that right, Bill? Uh, it is right. And actually, the, the, my third book is now out, Expect Success, The Science of the Over 50 Career Search. So I, I, received, I missed that. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. And it received a four-star and a five-star review. That is not surprising at all. And, you know, so he's really in demand, Christian, as a, a professional speaker, as a member of the National Speakers Association. He travels across the country, has, has spoken at SHRM, Society of Human Resource uh, Conferences. He speaks at universities for helping, you know, these graduates understand what it's like to get out there and get a, a great job. He talks a lot about the recruiting process, which I know he'll share with us. But since 2007, he has been on, you know, over, well over a hundred live presentations, TV. I mean, gosh, you've been on KCRG, KGAN, CBS, Cedar Rapids, KSL, KSTU here in Salt Lake City and Park City TV. You've been quoted in the New York Times. Uh, you've been quoted in, in the Vancouver, uh, BC newspapers, the Salt Lake Tribune, Cedar Rapids Gazette. Uh, I, I can't even list all the places that have quoted you. Now, Bill, just a warning. We have invited many people that are in the talent acquisition, probably the HR world to, to join us today. If you are on LinkedIn live and watching us or you're on Twitter or Facebook, please put your questions in the comments because I'd love to be able to share 
the questions that you have, because really the purpose of today is to focus on, Bill, how recruiting is absolutely vital to high-performance team, which is really the focus of, of the, you know, the teamwork podcast, uh, you know, a better way. So I, I want to turn the, the time over to you and just say, talk about how essential that is to making sure that we have a high-performing team. It takes, it takes a team to make a team. And it's very important that when you have a team, you recruit the talent that fits with that team. And so often what happens in companies is they do not recruit candidates who are a good fit for the team. And then in today's world, and it's very interesting to me, the best way to determine a fit is through a proper reference check. And I'm not talking about name, rank, serial number, worked here from that to that. I'm talking about one that asks good, solid interview type questions of the reference to determine if that person's a good fit for your team or not. So it's, it's a process that is important. But what many people do not understand is that the recruiting process mirrors the sales process perfectly. And as such, the people doing the recruiting need to be sales professionals. Well, hold on a second. So you're telling me that because typically isn't recruiting the, the domain or the purview of, of HR? I mean, I don't really see HR people as salespeople. I mean, they're typically what? Compliance and 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 making sure that we don't run afoul of, of, of laws and stuff like that. And, and I mean, if, if, what do you think? Well, if you look at the functions of human resources and, and by the way, human resources is very important to a company. I'm not saying that it's not, it's very important to a company, but you look at the functions, they're either administrative or compliance and those functions can include benefits, compensation, employee relations, training and development. And there's, you know, there's a list probably 10 or 12 long. And there's only one outlier in that entire list. And that outlier is recruiting. And so what happens? You have administrative slash compliance professionals who are very good in that area doing something that they're not good at. They're not good in sales. When was the last time you saw a compliance person lead a company in sales? Can't think of it. Christian, how about you? Yeah, I'm uh, stretching my brain cells and nothing. no one comes to mind, Bill. Right. And, and so therefore, recruiting belongs over in operations. In operations, you well, they're the ones feeling the pain anyway, right? And so it belongs over there with them. And operations has sales managers who know how to manage sales processes and know how to manage sales professionals. And they would hire a sales professional to handle the recruiting. And that would be a much better way of doing things because they know how to close sales and, and so often over the years, I've had to close a candidate and sometimes by talking to their spouse. So 
<laughs> you know, Christian, I'm going to quote you if I can. I know I'm, I'm off sync here, but he says, you know, great coaches have great players. And if you think of the, in the sports world, right, Christian, I mean, it's a recruiting process that is, you know, come to our team. That's right. I mean, if you look at basketball, everybody debates, well, you know, was uh, Jerry Sloan a great coach or was Pat Riley a great coach? Well, or, or were they great coaches because they had great players? And, and uh, so there's always this debate that goes on, like, well, who's more important, the coach or the players? And, and, and in my view, it's, it's, it's not a debate that should be had. It's actually missing the mark. You need great players. You know, great coaches need great players to be great coaches. And, and so I think uh, this is a really, really important conversation, Bill, uh, to have, particularly at this day and age where, you know, maybe 20 or 30 years ago, uh, people who were involved in, in recruitment could be a lot more selective. And so maybe it wasn't so much of a sales process because you were trying to weed out all of the bad candidates to find the one good candidate. But now uh, everybody has to be... Uh, at the forefront of selling their organization to make it really attractive for the best candidates to come to them. So Christian, you, you hit three topics right there in that short little piece. One is basketball. Now I love basketball. Uh, my high school was DeMatha Catholic high school in Hyattsville, Maryland. And DeMatha sent a lot of players onto the pros. And I got to see basketball. But what was really interesting, remember last March when the University of Utah announced that they were firing their basketball coach. Eleven days later, the, the athletic director announced who the new basketball coach was going to be. Do you think they posted that position on Indeed? <laughs> oh, he knew already who he wanted. Otherwise, it wouldn't have happened in 11 days. So that's number one. Managers need to know who it is they want to go after. If they're going to have top talent, they have to know who the top talent is. And you can meet them at conferences. You can meet them in your day-to-day -day work. But keep develop a relationship with them so that they would want to come and work with you. And those managers are the ones who, who are most successful. Hey, uh, all right. I've got a little bit of pushback here on on LinkedIn from uh, some HR professionals. Not not surprising, but one says HR is much more than that. You know, compliance, of course. And another one is HR should be a business partner to the business centers, not only admin or compliance. So there's somebody agreeing with you. Um, anyway, so that's we've got uh, we've got a lot of comments coming in, which is uh, exciting. That's awesome. Well, you know, and, and business partners are important to an organization if they come out of HR. However, it's important for that HR business partner to understand business. And so often, and I'm, I know it's not true all the time, okay? But so often what happens, people who don't understand even their company's business are reaching for that title HR business partner. So that, absolutely, and, and we've got some other people actually. I'm Heidi Blakak says I'm in sales, and I feel a recruiter must have the same mindset. 
you have to be able to sell the company and the culture. So fantastic. You, you talked a little bit about the reference check that you run, which is asking a good solid questions. What's, what are some examples of good solid questions, Bill? Well, first of all, you want to determine based on that person's experience with the candidate, uh, do they do the jobs well that need to be done in the current company or the new company? And if you ask those questions so that you can get a better understanding. Now, the questions I like to add at the back, I, I like when I do a reference check and I, I do very few of them because managers do much better. But when I, when I do a reference check, I get the reference kind of in a flow. And then what I do is I ask them a question, what, what causes Spencer stress? How does he show his stress? If I were managing Christian, what would I need to watch for? And the answers to those questions are really important. Another would be, what frustrates Bill? <laughs> How do you know he's frustrated? Well, he goes and starts doing things he shouldn't do. So. So it's important to know that information. And then I always ask at the end, is there anything else that I need to know? And people say, well, what are you, what are you looking for? And I go, it's an open-ended question. Is there anything else I need to know? And those responses are really important to determine fit. Now, if you don't do reference checks four times over the last 40 years, which, you know, I think, four times in 40 years to hear this is too many. Four times in 40 years, I heard, hey, I, I'm here and I, the reason I'm calling is so-and-so gave me your name as a reference. And that person burst out laughing. <laughs> and one of them said, I can't believe she used my name. I fired her two weeks ago. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so so reference checks are important because that's what determines in that process whether the person is a good fit for your team or not So I'm curious, uh, Bill, when you say that recruitment should mirror the sales process in an organization, um, you know, different organizations have different uh, sales models and they're, and, you know, so you have manufacturers and you have retailers and you have uh, uh, service providers, you know, there are a variety of uh, organizations that use a variety of models for sales. So how does that work in 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 the uh, recruitment side of things? I mean, are there many different uh, models for sales that should be implemented, or is there kind of a standard model uh, that should be implemented, uh, irrespective of the type of organization uh, that is looking to hire talent? So there, Christian, there is a base 
sales model that doesn't matter whether you're manufacturing services or whatever your business is. And that one starts with identifying a need. And in the recruiting side of things, that's a, we need a new person. And then the next step is to develop a solution to that need. And in the recruiting side of things, that is a job description. Now, most companies mess up those job descriptions because they truly do not mirror what the job does. And the scary thing is when that happens, your applicant tracking system is picking out the wrong keywords. So for instance, and I, and I actually showed this to a Harvard MBA that I was coaching. He was dinged on an applicant tracking system because the client to the company had high school diploma required mysteriously. I don't know why they put it in there. Now, how many Harvard MBAs do you know would put high school diploma on their resume? Probably not a lot. And, uh, <laughs> and so that's going to actually degrade the value to based on the evaluation of that, of that application, right? That's correct. They get dinged because of that. And it could be the ding that keeps them from being called. Now, the next step beyond that is sourcing. And it happens on both sides, right? It happens on the company side when they're sourcing potential clients. It happens on the recruiting side when you're sourcing potential candidates. The next step is the needs analysis. The needs analysis for the company side is, is this the right solution for that company? And on the recruiting side, that's an interview. And, you know, we can just go all the way straight down through and mirror it. And at the end is retaining your comp your client as uh, as someone that you want to retain for your service or your product on the recruiting side of things that's the last step of recruiting and that's retention bill and i would imagine that that the you know the the failure in the job description you know having that correct also has got to impact accountability as you move forward with that candidate their performance and measuring that is, is harder to do if it's not accurate. Here's my suggestion about job descriptions. In the job description, include the three month, the six month, the nine month, and the 12 month goals. You only need three for each, but include those goals. And now I know as a recruiter, I know exactly who I'm looking for. And as when you work that through the entire process, now we are measuring the right skills, experience, and attributes when we're interviewing candidates. At, after the interview, you assess how that person did and you assess it against those goals. And now you're picking the right people as opposed to somebody who feels right. Yeah, so I gotta jump in. I have actually had experience with a client that HR you know, just had that connection with people and it was a disaster hiring people that were just not a right fit i, I want to go back because we have a comment on on linkedin that was based on those uh those questions the reference questions and heidi says 
What happens if they don't answer the questions? You know, they all do. I've never had someone refrain from an answering a question. And, you know, I've had people say, well, if they're friends, of course, they're going to give a good reference. But I can't tell you how many times over the years when the person that I was given the reference said to me, would you describe the job for me? Which was a great question for them to ask. And when I got finished describing the job, they went, you know, I love so-and-so, but they would not do well in that environment or in that position. So somebody who likes somebody, they want to see them succeed. And so it's, it's important to ask the good questions and ask the reference. I don't care if they're a friend or not. I've got a question for you, Bill, uh, about the retention uh, in the sales process. Again, building that analogy between the two, the mirror sure. between the two, because uh, in sales, once the sale is closed, uh, ideally, the salesperson doesn't go away and never talk to the to the company again, right? They maintain a long term relationship with the client, and they're continually selling uh, to that client over the lifetime of that client being a a, a client. And so, so how does that work on the recruitment side of thing and the HR side of things? Because oftentimes there's a handoff, right? It's like, okay, I've I'm the recruiter, and I then take this person once they're once they have agreed to come work and they've accepted an offer and then they are onboarded and they're handed off to other people, which is a slightly different approach than a classical sales approach where you have somebody that's kind of managing an account uh, over a long period of time. So, so what is the right strategy for retention uh, when it comes to mirroring how things are done in a sales and an operations environment? Nobody in the company knows that person better than the recruiter. Isn't that right? And so it's important that that recruiter has heart-to-heart -heart chats with them on how are things going. And that's your first sign as a company that things aren't going well for whatever the reason. You know, I, I had a guy um, who's now 75 years old. I recruited him for MCI Telecommunications in Cedar Rapids, Iowa in 1993. And I had a conversation with him. I've kept in touch with him over the years, you know, loosely, not every year, but, you know, we kept loosely in touch. And he thanked me a month ago for introducing him to MCI Telecommunications. And he said to me, you changed my life. And you know what? I I was so excited to hear that. And he's now doing artwork, which is just amazing. And he was an IT guy. <laughs> so, you know, I still keep in touch with some of the people that I recruited years ago. There's another one, Rebecca, that I, I recruited for ComSat Laboratories in Germantown, Maryland. And and she and I still stay loosely in touch. So, you know, I'm a sales guy. I'm a professional recruiter. I'm not an HR recruiter. And I stay in touch with people. Uh, last night, I made a call to a woman who's now vice president of sales for a cybersecurity firm. And I recruited her in 2019 for another company. And... Um, and we just stay loosely in touch. And, and so I introduced her to actually to, 
to Park City Municipal because they're looking for somebody and uh, to provide them cybersecurity systems. So, so good recruiters stay in touch with the people they recruit. Bill, a couple, a couple of other questions. I actually have uh, some online, and I want to get to those. Uh, uh, Victorine, she's uh, all the way from Lebanon, who's reaching wow. out to us. And then we just have another one, but, and I'll get to you guys. But the question I have is, with this whole, you know, this, this recruiting frenzy is not happening just recently. It's been going on for a couple of years, in my experience. And I've been talking to CEOs for the last, three years that have been just pulling their hair out because they can't get people and keep people. They're, they're short staffed. And then we have this acceleration of this great resignation that's been happening this last year. Are you seeing with all these people that are saying, all right, I, I've had it. I'm, I'm no longer wanting to, to work for XYZ company just because I, I don't want to trade my life for a paycheck. Do you see them going somewhere else and having call it I don't know what better to call it than buyer's remorse, right? You know, leaving somewhere that they were. And I'm going to talk about Vicky's question here. She's been with a company in Beirut for over 20 years. And she sometimes she wonders, is that a bad thing? And I'm like, no, that's a great thing. Depends on how you spin it, right? Depends on the company and depends on the position. Are you growing in the position or not? Are you stagnating? I am employee 5.0. I tell people, take charge of your career. And it's okay to stay in the same company and, you know, move up in your career within that company. That's fine. But if you can't take charge of your career within your own company, now it's time to leave. Yeah. Well, that wasn't her question. Her question was, should we hire for skills or for attitude? which should wait the most in the selection process or a blend of both as a must? Well, that's, you know, that's a great question. And, you know, that's one that's discussed all of the time and I'm not going to dodge it. I think you have to have base skills and the base skills are the ones that can go, they translate from one industry to another, one company to another, those base skills. And then you have to have the proper positive mental attitude. And that positive mental attitude takes you through the learning process at the new company and then helps you exceed expectations as you come up to speed. Yeah, well, she, she gives you the, the okay sign, absolutely. And then Patrick Morrison says, I've done that twice in my working escapades, thanking someone years later for providing with the opportunity, talking to you about those connections that, that you had. And, and uh, it means a lot to someone that you changed their life. When you who are recruiters who are listening to this uh, do such important work. Christian, I've been yapping too much. I, I'll, I'll, I'll zip it here. No, I, I, I find the conversation fascinating and I keep coming back to retention because the most effective way to recruit is to keep the people, the good people that you already have and not lose them. Right. And and I, I'm curious about your thoughts about retention. Uh, I come from an event environment. So uh, working major sport events, Olympic Games, for example, uh, these event organizers have a, a limited lifespan. They know that they're going to end. And so they 
they face this challenge of trying to retain people because near the end of that engagement, people get a little nervous. Am I going to be able to find something? And so they'll start looking. So these organizations have to put in, or they should be putting in robust retention programs, not just uh, from a financial standpoint, but from other standpoints as well, to keep these people on board until the end of the engagement. And, and so I'm curious your thoughts about what what is the key to retention? Is it all financial or uh, is it more about coming here and fulfilling a mission, you know, fulfilling a purpose uh, and, and having a purpose uh, organizationally that aligns with my purpose personally? Well, you know, the money just doesn't keep everybody. You know, if you give me a million dollars, you might keep me longer than if you pay me 10. But it's not just a money thing. It's the organization. It's how well that person is integrated into the decision making. Because let's face it, when you're talking professionals, most of us want a word on what's going on. Right or wrong, it's important for us to be able to contribute to the company in terms of their growth, their product, their services, what they see needs to be improved. And if you don't give them that opportunity, the money's not going to make a difference. And I can't tell you how many times over the years I've recruited people out of companies because they said, they don't care what I think. And that's, you know, that's too bad, but you know, benefited me and benefited my client. So, uh, so that was okay with me, but you know, it's really important for people to be able to contribute to the company when it's top down, you're going to do this. That doesn't work so well. And especially in today's world, the baby boomers a little bit more, it did work, but, um, Gen Xers and everybody else beyond that, it's not they want to contribute directly to the company's growth or improvement. And it's important to provide that opportunity. Gosh, we're, we're getting lots of comments, Bill. Here's uh, Patrick Morrison says, talking about retention, his response was that is our company motto. We don't want to have to train people over and over again. We want to train them. And most of them that work on our, uh, our team have been with us 10 plus years and upwards of 28 years. And Vic, Vicky says, I believe a company is as good as the people as they hire. Now we have Tim Kozenski, new, new commenter. This is great. Money is short-time satisfaction. And then Heidi says, when your opinion is not valued, it's like a flat tire. So great, great comments. One of the, you know, we've been talking a lot about retention. And I think one of the things that Christian hit on that is so important is, is culture and what you said and what our, our, our listeners are saying, feeling valued is important. It's also important in the recruiting process. How do you give your company an edge to recruit people to your team? You're a coach, right? You want to have people come play on your team. What, what gets them to leave where they're at? And we've been talking a little bit about that, but what, what can you, as we kind of wrap up here, what's the, you know, there, there's no, I'm sure there's no secret sauce. It just takes effort. But what do you see is, is the biggest differentiator? Probably communication. You know, it's important to communicate and, you know, let's go back to those three months, six month, nine month, 12 month goals. 
those communications, those one-on-ones, instead of being uh, what's up, you can, how are you doing towards your first three months goals? And most of those in the first three months for a person are learning the new processes. You know, this is a new, new person. Right. And then towards this, the end of the second month of the three months, you start saying, well, how are you doing towards your six month goals? Have you started looking at what you need to do for your nine and 12 month goals? And when you have a group of people who are goal setting and goal achieving, they are by definition engaged employees. Right. I mean, they're, they're not getting to a place where they're plateauing and feeling like they're not, they're not contributing. People want to win. They join a team because not to lose, but to win. And so achieving goals and, and knowing that you're making a difference is a great metric on how you're winning. And then letting them know how they're contributing to the team's winning. Hey, this is how you're making a difference. And, and sometimes I think we struggle that. Instead of saying, you know, we're just paying, this is the job we pay you for. You're just doing what, we, what you're supposed to do. No, let them know, hey, we're, we're winning more because of you. Oh, exactly. Exactly. You know, for me, I, that drives me is that positive recognition from my clients. And, you know, it's, it, it doesn't last very long because, you know, you've got these other jobs you got to be working for them on. But at the same time, to be recognized, to be successful doing what it is you're doing drives me and it drives most everybody else. I've just got one more comment, Christian, and I'll, I'll turn it to you and we'll, we'll start wrapping up here. But Christine Heinrich says it is very difficult in an industry like Christian described. I have worked for the luxury resort for a luxury resort that struggled as they maintained a year round staff of around 100. But when they had to hire 500 more people every summer and then let them go in the fall, retaining them through the summer was a huge challenge. Yeah, I mean, that makes complete sense. If you've got, there are lots of industries that have seasonality, ski resorts, uh, even, uh, you know, lawn care, or what do we call it? Uh, a lot of the, these companies have to hire seasonally. How do you handle that? Well, you know, there's different ways of handling it. I, I made a suggestion to Deer Valley Resort because they do the same thing. And what I suggested to them was to work with a local uh, contractor, construction contractor, who really doesn't need people, their laborers on the outside during the winter time, but they do need them during the summertime when ski resorts don't need them. And so I suggested to both Deer Valley and, and a company in Salt Lake City that they work together to provide those people with jobs through the times that each one of them would need somebody. So uh, that's an idea. Just be creative. I love it. Gosh, we could sit here and talk for hours, Bill. I wish we had the time to do so. I really appreciate you coming on and uh, so grateful to so many people uh, with the comments. It was really nice to have a really engaging, interactive conversation. Now, Bill, if people want to learn more about the work that you're doing, the books that are coming out or the services you provide, how you might be able to help them, what's the best way for them to reach out and contact you? The best way is my website. And my website is recruiterguy.com. 
And by the way, I've been called recruiter guy since 1993 on my MCI telecommunication contract. And that's the best way because my, all my contact information is there. My calendar is there. You can also uh, follow me on LinkedIn and it's linkedin.com slash in slash recruiter guy. And you can catch up to me on Twitter at recruiter guy 81. 81 was the year I started. So that's easy to remember. But still, All right, tech recruiter guy, we're going to find you. Yeah, find you on Twitter. We'll find you on LinkedIn. We'll find you on your website. All recruiter guy. Uh, that's fantastic. And Spencer, you've been helping organizations for a long time, uh, managing and developing high performing teams. And you do so much uh, for so many organizations. How could people reach out to you if they want to learn more about the services that you could provide to them? Thank you so much, Christian. Uh, reach out to me on our website, Altium leadership.com. That's A-L-T-I-U-M leadership.com. You can chat us there. You can see all kinds of stuff. And then uh, Christian, you have so much experience, man. I, I just, every time I'm on with you, I, I always just slobber when he asks questions because he always has the best questions. Doesn't he, doesn't he have good questions, Bill? He does. He does. How can they find and, and get a hold of you? Uh, well, you can find me without slobbering at uh, <laughs> uh, my website, tp4.com, yeah, gpfour.com, uh, or at raconto.io, which is a new startup that we're creating uh, to help people uh, record and share stories. It's R-A-K-O-N-T-O dot I-O. And you can find me on LinkedIn at Christian Napier. You just, just look for Christian Napier on LinkedIn, you'll find me. Yeah, fa he's so, famous, so you'll always find him. <laughs> right. All right. Well, Bill, Spencer, thank you so much. And to all of our viewers and listeners, thank you so much for participating today. It was great to have you uh, interact with us, and, and we really enjoyed it. We look forward to next week. Uh, we've got uh, another fantastic guest next Lita week. Green. Lita Green. Lita Green. You know awesome. Lita, right, Bill? Oh, yeah. She's been, she I is do. so much fun. She's got such great energy. She's going to be talking about direct sales and and ethics and, and competition and, and, you know, just so she's I, – I was on her podcast, Bill, and I had so much fun. She's just – you know, it, if, if ethics and competition don't excite you, she will. I promise you that. Yeah, <laughs> so she's thank amazing. you, Heidi. Yeah. She all really right. So is. thank you all. And uh, we'll see you again next week.